This is Driven by Data, the podcast. Welcome to Driven by Data, the podcast, brought to you by Orbition Group and hosted by me, Kyle Winterbottom. Orbition Group is delighted to bring this podcast series, which boasts some of the most high-profile data, analytics, and AI thought leaders from across the globe. Each episode details the journey to the top of our industry's most respected leadership figures, while bringing unique insights drawn from first-hand experience on the industry's most trending topics, told in order to share knowledge, experiences, and ideas to inspire, innovate, and give back to the global data and analytics community. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Welcome to Driven by Data, the podcast. Today, I'm joined by Ogyuzan Genkoglu, who is the co-founder and head of AI from a business in Finland called Top Data Science. So Ogyuzan, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Kyle. No problem. So um, look, where we always start, Ogyuzan, is obviously very keen to get into the topic. And um, as we were discussing previously, very, very relevant. Um, but I think it'd be great for the audience just to kind of know a little bit more about you. So can you give us a, a kind of a brief overview into uh, your background and I guess your, your journey to date? Sure. My name is Osan. I'm co-founder and head of AI at Top Data Science. Uh, at Top Data Science, we solve our clients' problems with machine learning. So uh, we are good at solving various industrious problems uh, in machine learning and our clients are good at having problems so it's, <laughs> it's usually it's usually a good match mm-hmm. uh, i started my data science machine learning statistical analysis analytics journey from my studies so during my bachelor's i was uh, studying focused on signal processing it's it's mm-hmm. it's uh, of course a very very old field and then slowly moved to uh, pattern recognition during my master's on machine learning, uh, deep learning. Did my master's thesis on on that back back then when uh, <laughs> it was more of a research thing, right? It, yeah. it, there was there was uh, not that much of uh, buzzer in the in, in the industry. Yeah. Then uh, during my PhD studies, in the beginning of my PhD studies, I uh, I realized this this whole data science and AI field will blow up in a in a in a higher magnitude and met two co-founders of mine with with a similar vision and we started we co-founded top data science uh, we are an ai consultancy in helsinki finland nice yeah so i guess just to frame it for, for the audience um i guess uh, ogizan is um a, a veteran speaker so i can see from your linkedin profile that you've done kind of 40 plus talks and um i've kind of noticed that you know on your profile and um a lot of content that you publish come comes out of that which is good and i, I believe you guys um are also kind of being recognized as one of the top kind of ai businesses within the the finnish ai landscape is, is that correct that's correct yeah perfect so why don't you kind of give us a bit of a uh, an intro into kind of top data science then the, the story where where it came from and um and i guess where you fit in and, and what your kind of day-to-day role is yeah sure so um as i mentioned uh, we don't try to just hammer machine learning or this kind of ai into wherever we can but we mm-hmm. always start from a problem and the problem we would like that to come from the customer so we don't want to solve problems that doesn't exist and 
uh, at top data science, typically we start from a, let's say, very result-oriented business so that we really would like to clarify before starting a project, before starting a solution development, what are the KPIs, what are the goals to make this successful. And our clients are from public sector, from healthcare sector, or more like old school industries like pulp and paper, forestry industries, computer vision problems, uh, natural language processing problems. So we are we are in that sense solving various kinds of, let's say, problems for our clients. And in the way we work, uh, there's, there's um, as I mentioned, our motto or our credo is AI with results. And that is obviously reflected on both in a higher level strategy as well as everyday everyday practices, like how we how we even approach a problem, how we, for example, translate a business problem into a machine learning problem, uh, etc. And at Top Data Science, we would really like to keep this whole machine learning field in at a, such a balanced level that. We would we don't we want to keep this science of it, which includes a bit obviously experimentation, but also not doing pure forever forever proof of concepts and forever <laughs> trying things out, but really hit trying to hitting the nail. Okay, this is the business value. Let's set our trajectory towards there. Yeah, absolutely right. You know, I guess uh, there's so much talk these days about AI, and I guess that's why I'm quite excited to um, to kind of speak to you and understand how you guys are going about kind of delivering actual real life solutions and going beyond the proof of, of concepts. But as you rightly say, you know, it all starts with addressing a business problem. Um, and I think, unfortunately, we're in a world where a lot of people are just doing AI for the sake of it because it's the cool thing yeah. to do. Um so really looking forward to kind of understanding how you guys are going about, you know, getting that business problem and making a, a solution f- from an AI perspective to, to kind of get beyond the proof of concept. So I guess just to, to kind of kick us off then, obviously, as I said, so much noise about how organizations are looking to adopt or, or implement AI. Um, I guess there's been a struggle for an actual definition of, of what AI means, uh, depending upon the sector and the business and that type of stuff. So good place to start. From a, from from your perspective, what is AI? What do you allow AI to do for, for your customers? So uh, I will not talk into this kind of more uh, research research definition of AI. It's yep. like a subfield of computer science, etc. But from, from, uh, from our business perspective, we have a couple of, let's say, important bullet points that that are common through our solutions and and the top one is that making things more automated more autonomous easier uh, and the second one is cost cutting so i i would i don't want to go into like okay these algorithms are ai and these algorithms are not ai thing because in a holistic perspective uh, these two things are in the core of what we do and to achieve those two things, meaning that more autonomous and towards less costly, let's say processes and products, uh, we we need to have obviously machine learning optimization, uh, like good old mathematical optimization, obviously backend uh, whole database and machine learning ML ops and uh, software engineering. So I, I'm kind of taking those into the into the same bucket of AI from our perspective. Yeah, I guess. 
In terms of outlining there, you just kind of said it, a lot of it is around trying to automate processes, um, which, you know, I guess in return will improve efficiencies and cut cut costs, um, which makes makes absolute sense. How many of the businesses that you kind of work with, does it come from, you know, they have a specific problem or they know what their problem is or or, or is most of the calls that you guys get, is it is it more, we want to do AI? And then you have to kind of figure out where their problems are. I think it, it's kind of changing. So when we when we started this this thing in 2016, uh, it was more of the latter, right? So mm. uh, hey, we have this problem, and that's pretty much all we know. Right. And <laughs> yeah. uh, because clients were, were were not aware of the capabilities of AI back then, and nowadays. Uh, our clients are large corporations, middle and large size corporations. So uh, they have run their proof of concepts. They have run their trials. They had some maybe master's thesis uh, students written their thesis with them, maybe a couple of data scientists. So they have that baseline understanding of these things can be done with machine learning and AI. Uh, but still, when we enter the stage, there's always a, a, a factor that, uh, oh, these two you can do actually when we explain them or show them what we, what we have done before. And this, this thing simply comes from the fact that AI field is just so fast moving that uh, what is currently kind of a really difficult might be kind of a rather easy thing in one year. Yeah, no, that makes, um, that makes perfect sense, I guess. Moving into the next piece, then I guess when when you go into those businesses, obviously, as you said, back when you started, they they had a problem, but they weren't aware that AI was a thing that could potentially be a solution. Now they're very aware of what AI is and possibly can do, and, and may have run their own proof of concepts, and, and I guess probably use you guys to to execute and kind of get get that solution into into production um what do you kind of advise are the key considerations to think about before kind of going on that journey because i imagine that there's an awful lot that needs to be right or or in place um for for ai to be kind of adopted successfully yeah absolutely if we if you start from from uh like a timeline of a development of ai project or ai solution in, in the first it's it's just a concept and I have this, I have this um, thing that I tell to clients that write a fake press release. Like, <laughs> don't, you don't release it. Meaning that we as company this, uh, are solving this problem with AI or having this feature in our product, uh, this AI feature, or automating this process with AI. Does it feel right? Like, you, do you mm. actually want to do this? Mm. Or are you are you willing to do, do it before, before starting anything, right? Before a coding single line, before any agreement. Do you actually want to do it? And show it to the end users, like meaning that whoever is responsible, the stakeholders, yep. uh, does this sound right? So do you think this is a success if we, in half a year, one year, two years, whatever, we have this press release and we have thing working. This is like a kind of a before before going into anything to have the commitment to check the pulse, right? And we would like the clients to do it themselves rather than reinforcing it. Yeah. And obviously after that, there comes this, this kind of feasibility thing that do you have your data ready 
or like available data in a in a documented way. So having data is something, but uh, having a documentation of that data, how it was collected, etc., is is another thing. Yeah, uh, and that's also quite I think it's not discussed that much. That mm-hmm. oh, you should have data. Yeah, sure, but how it was collected what are the what are the let's say proper metadata let's say about yep. that data and then having a 60 plus solutions ai solutions delivered i can i can quite confidently say that the the solutions that made into production big time they always came from such a setting that the commitment was really coming from the top level execution in our clients so it's um I would say it's quite significant difference if some people are really excited and want to do it versus if there's this company level vibe and strategy that we will be data driven we will be deploying these kind of technologies it's a if it's a different thing it's a mm-hmm. different thing and then when there's this top level executive level commitment things actually make it to production so you're talking about effectively the the buy-in from from the from the board and the executives and the the key stakeholders in the business to to actually make this work and and get AI into production to to drive business value effectively. Yes, Interesting. and one last thing is that obviously for those executives uh, and decision makers to to be able to make that that decision, uh, the project owners or the product owners, uh, vendors, etc. They need to communicate very openly that this is this is the cost of first developing, secondly maintaining, because mm-hmm. people talk about maybe okay AI consultancies they are uh, they have these costs and stuff, but maintaining is is it's another cost that that should be openly openly estimated before obviously putting things into production. I guess is is that being yeah. you know an obstacle that you've seen because I, I mean I can imagine it just now you know the the conversations that probably get had around creating and implementing an AI solution and this is what it's going to cost us but as you rightly say then to to maintain that for however long it needs maintaining um, is is a completely different conversation and and, and cost so do, do you find from experience that most businesses are focusing on the cost to implement rather than the cost to to maintain maintain as well i would say so i would yeah. say so we are trying to change it but yeah because in 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 real world uh, there's this concept called concept drift or statistical drift of well the statistical properties of the data yeah. for example we are now living in a complete different let's say times that the models we, we have trained on one year ago they are in a in a different let's say space yeah. and then uh, you need to take those into things into account, maintain, update models, uh, this continuous integration and continuous development mindset. Yeah, absolutely. So it's kind of con- continuous updates to keep that kind of AI solution relevant, I guess, and, and providing value absolutely. to the business. Yeah, no, that, that makes perfect sense. So just touching on on something as you started to i mean you started to speak about it about data and the accessibility of the data and how it's documented how how many organizations that that you kind of go in and work with are in your opinion kind of ready for ai in in the sense of you know they have the data it's accessible it's good quality and stuff like that because i guess from conversations that i often have lots of businesses are driven towards ai because you know they see it as this 
magic bullet, but often, you know, mm. they've got bigger issues such as data quality or just simply managing their data that probably needs to be addressed before they can, you know, realistically see value from AI. Yeah, I I, I have to share the same observations uh, that especially a couple of years back, it was really just like you said that many organizations have kind of a different databases that are <laughs> there and there. The data is in different silos and uh the properties of the data itself like metadata is almost non-existent etc mm-hmm. and building a production level ai solution on top of that is not impossible but obviously takes takes more time and resources yeah. um, on the other hand it's of course a good idea to to start investigating such technologies because just being aware of the fact that AI needs this kind of uh, data and this kind of quality of data, just being aware of the fact that makes you change, right? Mm-hmm. So for for maybe next year, so that you you <laughs> yeah. start you start yeah you strategize your one year, three year, five year plan accordingly, so that I I always I I never of course say that this is this is not suitable or we can't do anything. This data is not suitable for, but Okay, this is currently not suitable, but if you make these changes uh, in in six months, we might have quite quite good quality data in that sense. Yeah, now that that makes sense. So I guess you spoke about previously the benefits and typically in most use cases why businesses are looking to implement AI and you talked about automation, which you know cost cutting and, and stuff like that 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 makes sense. what What do you see as the biggest challenges? Um, when it comes to trying to implement AI for a business? I would say the biggest challenge, or there are a couple of, but uh, the top challenge is that this commitment of a production-level AI solution, it's not coming from uh, from this decision-makers, top-level executive uh, managers. And when that is not there, Proof of concepts become successful, but they don't make it to production. I, I, I think this is really interesting that if proof of concept fails, like that's not that interesting, right? That's a good thing, maybe. Like, like okay, you don't invest here. But it's really interesting that AI proof of concepts are successful, but never make it to production. So uh, this should be really uh, kind of discussed, I would say. Yeah. And this challenge is mostly because that the proof of concept is initiated by people who are curious, who are uh, a bit more innovative, but the the company itself, the whole corporation, doesn't have that that kind of strategic paradigm uh, to to make this production level. Hmm. I would say the second big challenge would be people might think that okay, AI solution needs uh, AI scientist, machine learning scientist, data scientist. And that's it. But it's not. It's it's a software. It requires software developers like traditional software development, backend, front end, possibly design uh, to to make it a useful useful thing. In many cases, in many cases. So understanding that uh, takes a bit of time. Uh, oh, it's not only we hire some consultant, data scientist, uh, but maintaining it, etc. Uh, so that is that is one of the one of the second big challenges to 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 estimate that kind of work. And finally, I would say that 
corporations uh, for the biggest challenges for corporations is that when when they are stuck in this uh, proof of concept loop they they a bit lose kind of confidence in this whole ai field and unfortunately um this hype in the whole market and in in like the, in the journalism it is not helping mm-hmm. so it's kind of there are like thousands of ai researchers and practitioners working hard making this happen but then when a small group number of people overpromise which people who actually try to do things never promised <laughs> then obviously when it doesn't happen uh, the 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 whole vibe uh, undermines undermines the actual actual benefits benefits of ai that's really interesting so I guess to, to summarize that somewhat, then you're kind of saying there's, there's three key points as to often why most businesses never get beyond the proof of concept. And that's typically because the commitment for production level AI at the very top from a strategic level, obviously, is is sometimes lacking. Um there's, yeah. the, there's the talent, the talents component. So you know, it's not just a whole host of data scientists and machine learning experts, but they need some software skills from a maintenance standpoint and to continue to update and, and innovate. And then obviously, the the hype around AI and this constant proof of concept loop that companies find themselves in, even whether that proof of concept is successful or not, because it's never, um, you know productionized and therefore becomes a real life solution they're not seeing any business benefit from it and and then they kind of lose interest in it a little bit is is that is that fair yeah that's a really good summary yeah perfect okay now that's i mean that's really really interesting i guess the the thing that kind of pops into my mind immediately is why then are these companies doing proof of concepts especially if at the strategic level that they might not have that kind of level of buy-in or commitment I would say the the biggest uh, driver is fear of, fear of missing out. <laughs> right. Uh, okay. I I heard this this department or this competitor uh, had a press release, <laughs> which can be anything, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm very I'm being very honest here. Yeah. Uh, uh, and hey, let's let's have have some uh, have, let's have the same. <laughs> let's run a proof of concept, which is very good. Which is very good. Obviously, you need to start from a uh, let's say proof of value pilot and production so that's how it should be uh, but then if the goal is not to have strategic decision making of we will be data driven we ai will be one of our core technologies uh, because of this 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 reasons uh, we are committed resources wise and mindset wise and culture wise if those things are not there it it becomes as you said for the sake of running a proof of concept which you can do forever absolutely i I, I was laughing because obviously in my line of work i speak to as with you uh you know a whole host of different businesses different sizes different scales different sectors and um yeah from an from an ai perspective i see that a lot you know, businesses want to go on this AI journey and for no other mm. reason really than they're, they're kind of, they see their competitors doing it and they feel obliged to, to, to be trying at least or be seen to be trying to do it, which is, yeah. um, which is, is really funny. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I guess next question then, 
obviously you mentioned that you work across a whole host of different sectors and sizes of organization and, and, and stuff like that. And, and I know from previous conversations, you mentioned that, you know, you've worked across Europe and in the US a little bit and, and stuff like that. But from a sector standpoint, have you found that there is a, an industry sector that is more susceptible to to having, you know, successful or, or having success with AI um, from, from a pure sector standpoint? I would say... Um... From my experience, if if the if the sector the core business of the sector is digital itself, obviously it's kind of easier to incorporate such kind of digital technologies like AI and machine learning, right? I mean, if the sector is rather old school, you if you yeah. are doing some uh, rock crushing machines in the in the <laughs> middle of nowhere, yeah, no, it, it is. It is, it is like that. And that is it, that takes a bit more time simply to change your mindset of, of this, oh, databases, cloud, uh, AI, whatever. Mm-hmm. But we have seen several successful companies who are from more traditional industries, forestry, very traditional industry, uh, mining, very traditional industry, right? Uh, they, have, they have been successful in... Uh, having production production level AI solutions uh, with their data, their internal data scientists with us, uh, etc. Simply because they had the mindset and commitment from 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 a higher level. I would say, oh, of course, then there's this regulatory aspect of, for example, healthcare, which changed the whole whole concept of timeline, like significantly, uh, from regulatory approvals. Uh, having having such, let's say, CE marks, uh, FDA approvals, uh, if if relevant, uh, that that becomes a, a different, let's say, ballpark in terms of timeline. That even if you have something working really properly, uh, it takes a lot for time to market in healthcare. Yeah, no, that's that's really interesting. So I guess certain sectors or even businesses within a certain sector, if they're more digitally inclined and more digitally capable, it makes it a little bit easier. Um, and obviously, highly regulated sectors because of the timescales involved to pass through regulations, that becomes a little bit more difficult. But I guess the, the thing that you constantly refer to is is the mindset. So, you know, I guess irrespective of business size of business sector if they really want to do it and they've got the the mindset and the the, the buy-in from a cultural standpoint to kind of succeed then then it's it's more than possible exactly exactly yeah. okay perfect so trying to bring all this together and start to, to wrap it up then a little bit um i guess in terms of and i know that you can't share specific details and client names and stuff like that but i guess from your experience where have you had the most kind of positive experience where you've been able to kind of create a, an AI solution, get it into production and, and see see the organization reap the rewards? And, and, and what have those rewards been from a tangible business outcome perspective? I can give a couple of examples uh, without, without naming details. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's start from computer vision, for example. Several of our uh, production level AI solutions, they were based on uh, monitoring, let's say, production quality. Like if there's a defect, scratch, uh, mm. whatever in in the, in the product, whatever that product is, or if if it's if it's manufactured properly, and how it how this has been done, 
uh, traditionally is by repetitive work of uh, of people of personnel looking at things and that is first of all kind of a boring task for yeah. for the for the employee it's repetitive meaning that uh, as as humans we we our cognitive load it gets if it gets like too much for a longer timeline we make mistakes we get tired right so if you look at the same thing for eight hours uh at the end of the day you make quite a lot of mistakes Mm -hmm. and third it's costly because several people are doing this uh, repetitive task of looking at looking at things physical things and trying to figure out uh, defects so we had several of these cases one from automotive industry for example uh one from uh, let's say handheld device industry that we completely completely in one completely automated this and in the other one almost completely automated that this looking at things part is automated and just a very very final digital verification of if this is correct is is in place so uh, the clients the companies save a lot of cost by simply moving those people to other tasks that that require more high level let's say human intuitive this cognitive uh, let's say high level cognitive tasks like more creative tasks more strategic tasks etc so uh, clients save a lot of time uh, for for this kind of inspection of uh, quality that's really insightful so i guess then to to kind of start to to wrap this up Ogizan, um if people want to kind of reach out to you and get a hold of you um, or are interested in maybe speaking to you about kind of what t- top data science can do for their business, what what's the best way to, to get hold of you? You can reach me on LinkedIn, email, uh, and you can always drop an email or a message on our website, topdatascience.com, yep. and we will surely reply. Okay. And are you guys are you guys doing work all over the world at the moment, or have you got a kind of particular area of focus from a geographical standpoint in terms of your capabilities? We have clients in uh, a lot of clients in Europe, Germany, Denmark, uh, especially obviously in Finland. We have clients in Japan, uh, USA, and Israel. So hmm. we are quite quite open to. Uh, international clients and inquiries perfect well Ogizan, it's been an absolute pleasure thank you very much for joining us um i'm sure this episode is going to go down very well because i think we dissected through the the topic quite well to kind of highlight you know some of the key benefits and challenges and and, and stuff like that which will uh, be very thought-provoking for a lot of people so i appreciate your time um thank you for for coming on and we'll we'll speak to you soon Thank you very much. It was Perfect. a pleasure. Cheers. Thank you, Ogazan. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's it for this episode of Driven by Data, the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I'll be back next week speaking with another thought leader from the world of data and analytics. Until then, please follow our Bishon Group on social media if you've not already done so, where you'll be able to subscribe and therefore be made aware of the podcasts as they arrive. And please share, like, and leave reviews so that more people from our industry get to hear and benefit from these two. If you've got any questions or you want to suggest ideas for topics or potential guests, then please feel free to reach out to me. Thanks for listening and I'll be back next week.